Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Today we are going into part 10 of our message series, Here Comes the Dreamer. Part 10. Uh, We are going to continue our subject of wisdom, which we started last week. Uh, We're going to talk about it a little bit more, and there are a few things we still need to cover before we move ahead. We might have at least... Uh, two more, two series more or two more sessions before we end the series. Hallelujah. How many of us have been blessed by this message series? All right. How many of us are ready to take an exam based on this series? All right. Maybe that's what we need to start doing. We take an exam after a message series. So you can go back and listen to them. Amen. Oh, we see how much notes you took. Hallelujah. Joseph is an amazing character. An amazing, an amazing character. The beautiful thing about Joseph is he's a reflection of every one of us. We are all Joseph, one way or the other. Uh, We all have a dream. We all have an assignment. We all have a vision. We all have something that God has destined us for. Uh, But like Joseph, we must go through life. Life is competing against his dream. Uh, Even his own brothers, his own family, he had to go through a lot of that. He had to go through all kinds of demonic attack, all kinds of spirits, spirit of jealousy, spirit of death, you know, coming against to steal and to kill and to destroy him and his dream. But like Joseph, we are all going to stand. Amen. If you are under the sound of my voice, like Joseph, you are still standing. And you are not going to die until you fulfill your dream. You are going to stand, you are going to be here until the word of the Lord spoken to you is fulfilled. Praise the name of Jesus. The Bible says the word of the Lord tested him. The word of God might be testing you, but you have the grace to pass the test. I want you to say, I will pass my test. Amen and amen, amen, amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor if you have one. Your neighbor is probably six feet away from you. All right. Uh, Turn to your neighbor and say, I suspect you don't have a dream problem. But you might have a wisdom problem. Hallelujah. I think think that applies to every one of us. Uh, It is clear. A few of us might still have a dream problem, still struggling to know what is our dream, what has God put in our heart. But for many of us, we have an idea, uh, but we might have a wisdom problem. Wisdom is what prepares us. That is how we know we are prepared, so that when the time comes, we are ready. We are ready to, you know, ascend the throne. 
Joseph, we learned last week, did not become the prime minister just because he had a dream, but because of the wisdom that he displayed before the king. I pray when you show up before the king, you will have the right words in your mouth. You will have wisdom when your time of fulfillment comes in the mighty name of Jesus. We also learn that dreams are only good in as much as they motivate us to prepare for the assignment. All right, the purpose of dream is to prepare us for the day of the assignment. That's why God gives you the dream. God gives you a picture. He gives you an assignment. He gives you, you know, something to know what is his plan and purpose for your life is so that you can prepare. You know, preparation is not always easy, but preparation must happen so you are ready when you are asked to show up. You know, it's interesting. David was asked to show up. When Samuel visited his family, David was prepared. His heart was already right before God. God said, I have found a man that is after my heart. He didn't wait until he was called to be a man after God's heart. David was a man after God's heart even when no one was there. So when he was summoned and called, God looked at him. He was already ready. Hallelujah. I pray that when your time of calling comes, you will be ready, ready. Hallelujah. So it's very, very, very important. Today I'm going to start from Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. It's a verse that puzzles me each time I read it. As you all know, I love Ephesians as a book. Uh, I, I, you know, I really, really love the old, uh, the old book of Ephesians. Uh, there are some verses there that are so loaded, so deep, and one of them is Ephesians 3.10. Ephesians 3.10 talks about God's intent. I'm just going to read it. He said his intent, or his intent, was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authority in the heavenly realms. I believe that's the NIV or, you know, New King James Version. I'll read that verse in the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation says, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its richest variety, in its rich variety, to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So here we learn that God's intention is to display the wis- his wisdom to the world's powers through the church. See, one of God's, God's intent, one of the reasons why we're here, is that God's wisdom will be displayed to the unseen powers. Or to the world in general. You can even say to the world and their power and whoever is controlling it. You see, God's intention is we as children of God, you know, we will be a reflection of his wisdom. Unfortunately, too many a time, we are trying to blend in to the world system. We are trying to be like the world Instead of being like our God, our priority is so jacked up, just like the world. Increasingly, there is less and less difference between children of God and the children of the world. 
for some reason, because we have failed to really embrace the wisdom of God, what we are doing is essentially trying to compete with the word. You know, embracing the wisdom of the word in everything. And that is why there is increasingly no difference. That's why we are not experiencing God the way we should. Because we've abandoned his wisdom. God's plan, God's intention is that through us, through us is wisdom, manifold wisdom. And the word manifold means many-sided. So here we learn of God's we learn of God's intention. We also learn who are his people, who is the church. We are the church. The church is not the building, the church is the people, the called out one. We are the church. God wants to demonstrate his wisdom through you everywhere you find yourself. That is God's intent. Even when you find yourself in an unlikely place or you find yourself in a place where you don't expect, no matter what it is, I want you to always remember God's intention. God's intention is to demonstrate, to display his wisdom through you for the world to see. Uh, it's, It's a powerful thing and I'm praying you grasp it. I'm praying you understand it. That is God's intention. Uh, We also learn from this verse that the wisdom of God is manifold. That is many-sided, rich in variety, covers every aspect of life. That's one interesting thing about the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God covers every aspect of, of life. Whether you take it to the palace... The wisdom of God works. Whether you take it to politics, it works. Whether you take it to Wall Street, it works. Whether you take it to the main street, it works. It works in the factory. It works in the church. It works in Hollywood. It works in business. It works in family. It works in relationship. It works in school. It works everywhere. The wisdom of God is many-sided. Nothing is left behind. Hallelujah. There's a wisdom of God for everything you are going through. And I want to challenge you. I want to let you know, even if you're a child here listening to me, there is a wisdom of God for everything you are going through. And it's always good to say, Lord, what is your wisdom? The another way to say it is there is a perspective of God. There's a perspective of God. God has a perspective. God has an idea. God has a thought about what is going on in your life. No matter where you find yourself, whether you're in a fix, there is a wisdom of God to get out of the fix. Whether you're on a roll, there's a wisdom of God to roll. It's very important to know that. No matter where you find yourself as a child of God, there is always a wisdom of God. When we align ourselves with God's perspective, and and we have the courage to pursue God's perspective. That is when we demonstrate wisdom. You know, that's, and it's very important to know that. When we align ourselves with his perspective, first of all, we must find out his perspective. You know, and I want you to look at your life, look at the relationships you are in. What is God's perspective concerning the relationship you are in? You know, look at the business you are engaging. What is God's perspective? I want you to look at that. Look at your, how you are managing your family, how you are managing your finances, how you are managing your children, or whether you are in a trouble right now. 
Some of you might be listening to me. You are in a serious, serious challenge. I want you to know that God has a perspective too concerning you. It's not only you that has a perspective. It's not only your enemy that has a perspective. God has a perspective. And it is always good to find out what is God's perspective. So people who are able to say, God, how do you see these things? And that's important. That's a, that's a way of just saying, God, ask him, how do you see this thing? That's why the Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, right, let him ask God. God gives to everyone liberally without finding fault. God is not going to be surprised. He's not going to say, oh, you don't know that? No, no. God, is, God, God is excited when we ask him for wisdom. If anyone lacks wisdom, and we all lack wisdom in many areas of our life, the Bible says we should ask him. He gives to everyone. There is a wisdom for the challenges you're going through. Maybe you're going through a challenge with your boss. Maybe you're going through a, a, a friendship crisis with you and your friend. Maybe it's a family crisis. You know, don't just go around and say, oh, blame everybody. Blame this person. Blame, you know, blame yourself. Blame this. Not the Ask God, how do you see these things? The most important perspective is God's perspective. Now, when we are able to bless by God, and one of the advantages we have as children of God is we can have access. We have access to the mind of God. Hallelujah. Bible says we have the mind of Christ as children of God. We have access to the mind of Christ when we have that and we develop courage to pursue it. That is when we demonstrate wisdom. In Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, Joseph, when Joseph finally confronted his father, I mean his, uh, his brothers rather, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. You see, there are two intentions. <laughs> the brother's intention was to harm him. Obviously, Joseph's intention is not to get harmed, right? <laughs> but God's intention is actually to turn it for good. I, I hope somebody catches that. You see, it's always important to understand God's intention. God has an intention. The challenges we go through, the problems we go through, the delays we go through, the frustration we go through, and even the triumph we go through in life, you know, God has a perspective. God has an intention. I think another version says, you meant it for evil. God meant it. Isn't that amazing that something some people meant for something, God can mean it for something else. And it's important what God meant it for. Hallelujah. I'm going to take us back to Genesis 41. We read a, a, a long portion of it last week, but I'm going to read a couple of verses uh, just to take it off. Uh, Genesis 41, I'll read verse 38. Verse 38. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this? For those of us who are, you know, maybe you missed it last week. At this point, you know, this is when Joseph was face to face with Pharaoh. All right, you know, now uh, the day of uh, the day of uh, a showing off has come. Right, 
you know, that, that has come. God, the day of his divine setup, the day of his glorification came. They went and brought Joseph now from prison. So Joseph, you know, uh, Pharaoh had a dream, couldn't understand, couldn't interpret his dream. And they, you know, they, 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 the servants who had met Joseph in the prison now said, you know, I remember there's a guy in prison who can interpret dream. He did it for me when we were in prison. And Joseph, they brought Joseph. Joseph came. Uh, Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. Joseph was able to interpret the dream. And after all this happened, Pharaoh asked, can we find anyone like this man in whom is the Spirit of God? I thought that's powerful. Can we find anyone like this man in whom is the Spirit of God? Now, I want you to remember that Pharaoh was an unbeliever. Pharaoh was not a Christian. He didn't know the God. He didn't know Yahweh. He did not know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He didn't. But he knew there's a spirit in Joseph. He knew there's some spirit, and that spirit must be connected to his God. Now, verse 39, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise. So he knew Joseph because of his discernment and the display of his wisdom. I mean, so there's a connection here that is very powerful that I want you to see. There is a direct connection between the Spirit of God upon Joseph and the discernment and wisdom that Joseph displayed. Even the unbeliever king was able to connect that there's a spirit of God upon this man, not because he acted crazy, not because he did anything, but because, you know, he displayed a high level of discernment and a high level of wisdom. And he says, you know what? There is a spirit of God over your life. Hallelujah. The word interpreted discernment is the word bini, B-I-Y-N. It's a Hebrew word, which means to have insight, to have understanding, to cause to understand. So Joseph displayed a very high degree of understanding of issues. Very, very important to know. You know, the word interpreted wisdom or is the word hakam, which simply means skillful, technically. In fact, he actually has three different meanings. Skillful in technical work. It means to be wise in administration and to be wise ethically. You know, so it is a many-sided wisdom. You see, it means wisdom that can cause us to be good technically in what we do, even no matter what we do. Wisdom to be wise in administration, in management of things. And wisdom to be wise ethically. That means to make ethical choice. Sometimes people don't link being ethical to being wise. Uh, it's very, very important to understand that there's a combination of all this. is what is called wisdom. This is what this man found about Joseph. And you know, Joseph has been... Somebody that is working hard. I said last week, Joseph obviously must have been learning. Joseph must have been observant. 
Joseph has been picking up all this. Joseph has been good, wise in administration. Yes, he was so wise, Potiphar put him in charge of his household. He was so wise, you know, administratively, they put him in charge when he was in prison. Joseph has been wise when it comes to his choices, his moral compass, his moral ethics. He refused to compromise himself even when he was in Potiphar's house. So Joseph is the spirit of God upon Joseph reflected in the way he lived his life. So one of the major functions of the Holy Spirit is to help us to acquire supernatural understanding and wisdom. It's very important for us to know that. Now, a lot of time we connect in the role of the Holy Spirit is to speak in tongues. The role of the Holy Spirit is to heal the sick, you know, is to deliver the oppressed, and is to do all these things. But it is also equal, equally there to help us to acquire understanding and wisdom for living and is many-sided it's applicable every aspect of our life and i want you to get this this is very very important though this wisdom we're talking about is applicable in friendship is applicable in relationship in marriage in businesses in career it's applicable in our relationship in the way we manage our money manage our life it's very very important the wisdom of God to reign. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to read two passages, one in the Old Testament that demonstrates the role of the Holy Spirit in really giving us access to the wisdom of God. In Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah chapter 11 is a messianic chapter. It's a prophecy about Jesus. Uh, and uh, in especially the first seven verses or so, he talks about you know, it says, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. All right? This is talking about Jesus. So there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Look at verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. Can you see how he just, you know... Even describing about describing the spirit of God upon Jesus, he starts by calling him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, the road, one of the reasons why we have the Holy Spirit is so that we can have wisdom, understanding. Counsel, might, knowledge, and we can have the fear of the Lord. And you know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I will read verse 14 through 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Now, the natural man is an unsaved man. The man who has no Spirit of God, who is just in his natural state. The Bible says they, will not, they don't receive the, you know, the things of God, the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Now, people of the world, the things of God are foolishness to them for the most part. All right? 
nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Things of God can only be spiritually discerned. All right? But he who is spiritual, that is, anyone that is attuned to the Spirit of God, the word spiritual, sometimes we overuse it, sometimes we misuse it a lot. You know, somebody comes and shout and pray loud and we say that person is spiritual. No, that's not spiritual. Being spiritual is someone who is attuned to the Spirit of God. Someone who is alive in the Spirit. Someone who is more open to the Holy Spirit. Someone who is, you know, is, is, is more surrendered to the Holy Spirit. That's the person that is spiritual. And he says, he who is spiritual judges to judge me to discern to be able to discern to be able to distinguish differentiate you know to be able to just you know discern he said he judges all things but he himself is judged by no one that is even he himself people can figure him out you see a true child of god people can figure you out because you are operating at a different level of wisdom, you see things differently, you approach things differently, you see beyond what everyone sees, and the Bible says people can figure you out. Hallelujah. It's judged by no man. That is, the natural man can't judge you. The natural man find it hard to understand why you do the things you do, why you are so peaceful, why you are so calm, you know, why you, you know, why you do certain things that you do, why you give, why you pray, why you are nice to those who are cruel to you, why you pray for your enemy. They can figure you out. They're like, are you crazy? You know, but the reason why you are able to do that is because you are operating on the wisdom of, of God. Verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. I want you to say, I have the mind of Christ. I love this passage and I say to me, I have the mind of Christ. Is he having the mind of Christ? He is being able to see things the way Christ will have seen them. All right. I don't care where you find yourself, any situation you find yourself, who you are talking with, who you are negotiating with, who you are having a problem with, who, you know, challenges you are having in life, difficult decisions you are trying to make. As a child of God, you have this blessing. The blessing is called the mind of Christ. And, you know, just say, Lord, I put on the mind of Christ. The Bible says I have it. Most times we just don't put it on. Most time we forget it. Most time we forget we have it. Um, so the Bible, so the Holy Spirit is connected to a very high, to being able to demonstrate the wisdom of God. Yielding to the Holy Spirit is the key to walking in wisdom. You see, the key to walking in foolishness is yielding to the flesh. The flesh will get you in trouble. The flesh will ensure you all, you know, you you make people you are supposed to make friends, you make them enemies. People you are not supposed to make enemies, the, fl- you know, the flesh will mess you up. The flesh will ensure that you just, you know, you live a life of chaos. And you will know someone living in the flesh is full of chaos. There is no peace. There is no joy. 
you are never satisfied, you are never happy, you are never, you don't have any, any period of sustained peace, sustained joy, sustained tranquility. Everything is yo-yo for people who are in the flesh. Anybody that is operating with the wisdom of the flesh, everything is yo-yo. Relationship is yo-yo. Everything is up and down, up and down up and down that is that is because that is the nature of the flesh is it the nature of the spirit is peace peaceable joy hallelujah very important and it i think i confuse people with yo-yo people are figuring out what is yo. the kids are saying what is yo-yo wow sometimes i i think in nigerian language i'm just you know i'm just up and down up and down hallelujah amen so i'm gonna wrap i'm gonna bring everything together now i'm I'm making a point here to talk about the role of the holy spirit that we have now last week i talked about knowledge understanding and wisdom how they flow into each other now i'm going to try to connect those two to really reconnect back to where i started last week or where i ended last week so you know how these things connect now there are three keys to really operating in wisdom. Number one is anyone that will operate in wisdom must be committed to acquisition of knowledge. All right? For those of us who are in education, you know what is called Bloom's Taxonomy. Any education people here? They call it Bloom's Taxonomy. It's invented by you know, somebody called Bloom's. Bloom. We, we, so it's kind, of, it's kind of connected to that. Acquisition of knowledge. You see, acquisition of knowledge is important because knowledge is the foundation upon which wisdom is built. You see, knowledge of God, knowledge of our environment, knowledge of people. You see, knowledge of what is going on around us. You can't really demonstrate wisdom if you're not someone that is really committed to acquisition of knowledge i suspect you are here because you love knowledge but some of you might be here because you just have to be in church on sunday Uh, so you're not necessarily committed to knowledge you know but you need to be committed to acquisition of knowledge and in order to really acquire knowledge if you read the book of proverbs you're going to see that proverbs challenges us to form habits that helps us to acquire knowledge so Proverbs, we talk about listening, for example, as a very, very important key. The art of listening is going away. We're so distracted. We don't listen anymore. We're not, we, you know, listening is not something people do these days. But listening is very, very important. You see, James 1.19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of it. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. And slow to be angry. People who are angry a lot is because they don't listen. But he's saying that we should be quick to listen. He said listening should be something that we, you know, is is a skill to develop. It's something we must. I mean, listening is, it requires, you know, discipline. All right? And this day, because we are so distracted, we are not listening. You know, we're, we think we are listening, but we are not. We are listening, we are on our phone, we are thinking, we are doing this, we are, you know. So, so sometimes when we are supposed to listen, we don't listen. 
Reading is also very important. Reading, study, you know, the word study. People who are going to be wise, there's no wise person who is not a committed student. All right? Who is not a committed learner. Learning through studying is very, very, very important. Attentiveness is another skill that enhances our ability to acquire knowledge. All right? Being attentive. Proverbs 22:17 says, Pay, pay attention, my son, pay attention. Turn your ear to my saying. Apply your heart to what I teach. You see, being attentive is very, very important. Attentiveness is a skill that you must have. Being attentive is your ability to quieten your mind. All right? You know, you know sometimes you can, you can be listening but not be as attentive. How, how much you are able to quieten your mind. Even to hear from God, you must be somebody that is attentive. But attentiveness goes beyond that. Attentiveness also covers observing what is going on. You know, sometimes people can be, you know, in the same house and not pay attention to each other. Husband and wife can live together for five years, ten years, and not know each other because someone is not attentive. So we need to be attentive to people, attentive to things, attentive to our environment. Also, acquisition of knowledge needs the right attitude. I want you to say the right attitude. The right attitude is an attitude of humility, an attitude to say, I can learn from anyone. I can learn from anyone. All right? It's not everything you can learn from Google. No, it's not everything you can learn from Siri. It's not everything you can learn from Alexa. All right? You know, there are people in your life. There are things in your life. So you must develop a good attitude, an attitude of humility. You see, humble people you know because they can learn from everybody. You know humble people because they can learn. They're attentive. They're observant. They listen. Now, so acquisition of knowledge is very important. The second thing that is important is, which we've talked about, is understanding. You see, it's not just acquiring knowledge, it's understanding what you acquire. All right? The word understanding is simply comprehension, right? Ability to put in your own words what you are, the information you're getting. You see? Is very, that's very, very important. Until you are able to put it and translate it into your own words, you don't fully understand. All right? Ability to just, you know, understand why. You see, when you get to the level of understanding, that is when you are, it is when you are, on, you are beginning to ask yourself why. It's not enough to know that, oh, people are angry. That's knowledge. Why are they angry? All right? You can, you can just say, oh, my wife is angry or always angry or he's been angry for three days and I'm frustrated. Now, you know your wife is angry for the last three days, has been angry for the last three days. You see, a man of understanding will want to know why. You see, that's understanding. Understanding why, you know, is very important. Yes, anybody can know someone is angry. You know, it's not important. It's not just enough to know that we is good to worship, all right? Why is worship important? You see, so what is what we answer when we're talking about knowledge? When we're talking about understanding, we're talking about why. 
You see, and when you begin to answer why, you see, you are able to put things in your own words. You see, it's not, it's not just, you know, memorizing facts. It is now, you know, understanding it, comprehending it, and being able to put it in your own words. You see, that is a function of critical thinking. That is a function of uh, meditation. But that is also a function of the person of the Holy Spirit. You see, that's why the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of wisdom and understanding. You see, the spirit of understanding is so powerful. It causes you to know the why behind even yourself. Many of us don't even know why of a lot of things. You just know you're always angry. Why am I always angry? I just know I'm always irritated about somebody. Why am I irritated? Many of us never really go deep to ask ourselves, why am I always offended by this? Is it why am I always having problem with my friends? I can't keep a friend more than a year. Why? Why? What is, what is, what is behind? Why, why do I feel the way I feel? You see, why, why am I drawn to certain kind of people? Some of you, you are drawn to, you know, all the boyfriends you have, you've had, they are abusive. I mean, you see, someone with understanding will say, why am I drawn to abusive men? You know, why? Why am I prone to just having friends with fraudsters? Before I know it, they, you know, have been, they, they have been defrauded five times. And you're like, oh, the world is so evil. Everybody is evil. No, everybody is not evil. You are the one that is attracted to evil people. And there's something that you must know. You see, when we really begin to get to a a level where we think critically, the problem is we don't think critically anymore. You know, we live in a world that is so fast. We are moving to the next person. Okay, this person, you tell me, I move to the, I get a rebound. All right? And we don't really understand why, you know. But as children of God, we have an advantage. The advantage is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of understanding. He comes upon us and he explains things to us. That's why Jesus told the disciples, you see, he will teach you all things. He said, you know, he said, I will not leave you without a teacher. I will not leave you without comforter. You see, the Holy Spirit teaches you. And as a child of God, you can ask the Holy Spirit, why is this happening? What is going on? Why? I want a deeper understanding of Jesus. I want a deeper understanding of life. You see, life can be very, very disorienting for so many people. Life is disorienting, life is difficult, but a child of God can always tell the Holy Spirit why. Even why of your existence is important to know. Why am I here? Why have you put me in this church? Why have you given me this job? I mean, a person of understanding can connect dots. You see, when you begin to connect dots, life has more meaning. When you begin to connect dots, you see, you make better decisions in life. The problem is we are not able to connect dots. Everything is disjointed, and therefore we make very, very poor decisions. Praise the name of Jesus. Understanding is very important. Now, understanding leads us to wisdom. You see, wisdom is application. You see, wisdom is 
our ability to apply. But application, you see, is, is a little, it, it involves a lot more skill. Both spiritual skill and physical skill and mental skill. Being able to apply what we learn. Uh, there are so many people, for example, who understand compound interest, right? You learn compound interest in... Is it middle school you learn compound interest? You learn simple interest in maybe elementary school and you graduate to compound interest. But many people never even know how it applies in real life. What does it mean to me, compound interest? No, it means your credit card. It means your, <laughs> it means <laughs> your credit card compound interest. All right? So, you know, people can figure, you see, it's applicable in, in, in that. It's applicable in your investment. You see, it's applicable in several aspects of life. You see, wisdom is how do we apply this wisdom, this understanding, this knowledge and understanding. Even knowledge about people, understanding individual personality, how people act, why people are the way they are, allows you to be able to make wise decisions. Praise the name of Jesus. Have a better relationship with people. If you're always having challenges, problems with people, then something is wrong in your understanding of people. And that is not allowing you to be able to have wisdom in your relationship. Praise the name of Jesus. You see, so application of wisdom requires, number one, what is called analysis. You see, there's some, you know, I, you know, I borrow a little bit from Bloom's taxonomy. It talks about analysis. You see, it talks about understanding how the parts relate to whole, how everything we learn that is disjointed, how they are connected. You see, that is very important. Every little thing you learn about people, about individual, about life, you see, Everything in life is connected. If you, if you, as you grow up in life, you understand that many things that you think are separate are really connected. Very, very, very connected. And it takes wisdom to be able to connect that. There's a connection between what I do in church to what I do in life. You see, many people think their life in church is different from their life in their house. It's different from their life in their job. And it's even different from their life when they are driving on Parkway. They are all connected. They are all very, very, very connected. God, see, everything is continuous, consistent. So analysis is where, what helps us to do that. Integrating everything together. And that is where, as children of God, we need the Holy Spirit. You see, that's why the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Wisdom. You see, he allows us to be able to make a wise decision. You see, wisdom itself goes with courage. You know, because a lot of times to apply wisdom, to apply knowledge, to apply what you've learned, sometimes requires a lot of courage. Because they are not always, you know, it's not always easy. You are not, you are not always able to predict the outcome. You know, before you act, it requires being able to have a measure of faith. Wisdom requires faith, you know, especially when you are combining, you know, when you are pursuing the wisdom of God in how you live. Praise the name of Jesus. 
So my challenge for you today is to pursue wisdom by pursuing knowledge, pursuing understanding, and your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And when you do all that, you are going to see the fruit of wisdom in your life. You know, I'm going to quickly run through what I believe are the fruit of wisdom. You see, you are going to see a wise person. When you say someone is wise, one of the fruit of wisdom is, is, is their speech. All right? Wisdom is demonstrated through speech, through what we say, the way we speak. Many of us don't know how to speak to situation. You know, we don't know how to speak. We don't know when to speak. We don't know when to speak a gentle word. We don't know when to say, I'm sorry. We don't know when to, you know, we don't know when to speak strong, when to speak soft. We don't know when to speak a gentle word sometimes can turn away anger, right? You know, you see wise people by their speech. You know, speech is very, very important. Wisdom is demonstrated to speech. You see wise people by their decision-making process. And that's very important. The decision-making is, is key to identify, is a major fruit of wisdom. You see, if you do everything you have been telling you to do, you're going to see that your decision-making will become better. You're going to make better decisions. I mean, whether it has to do with your relationship, in your marriage, whether it has to do with friendship, whether it has to do with your money management, whether it has to do with your businesses, your employer, your employee, you know, your bosses, your co-workers, you know, making decisions in life about what to do with this, what to do with that. It is, you know, that is where you see the fruit of a wise person. You know a wise person when you see the trail of decisions they have made. Don't trust people who come to you pretending that they are smart. By their fruit, you know them. If someone wants to advise you, look at their life. Look at the, how they have made decisions. Somebody want to tell you about how to run your marriage, look at their life. Look at their marriage. Someone want to tell you about, you know, your finances, look at their finances. How to live a healthy life, look at their, look at their life. You know, how to make good decisions. Look at how they've made decisions. You see, it's unfortunate. There are so many people today who are smart. They can speak. They can talk. They have a lot of opinions. But they've never applied that opinion to their life. Their life is trail of chaos. Poor decisions over poor decisions. Bad decisions over bad decisions. And I'm not saying we cannot make mistakes. Yes, we all make mistakes. You know, we all make mistakes. But if a life is full of poor decisions over poor decisions over poor decisions over poor decisions, then that means you need to be humble. You have a lot to learn. It doesn't matter that you have a lot of opinion. You have a lot to learn. The problem we have these days is we have a lot of people, even in leadership positions, who are in positions of giving people advice, who need that advice in their life. You know, and unfortunately, they are in position, they are, they, are, they are the one teaching, they are the one preaching, they are the one talking, they are the one acting like they know. But you look at their life, you see evidences of a disorderly and foolish life. You know a wise person based on how they've lived their decision making. Because every day you wake up, you make decisions. 
And those combinations lead to bigger decisions. Financial dealings is how you see wisdom. Jesus talked about, you know, in Luke chapter 16, verse 18, he talks about how we run our finances. And that's where Jesus said, you know, the children of this world are wiser than the children of light. As children of light, we must manage our money very well. We must be wise. Somebody must be able to look at how you spend. Are you being run by money or you have control of your money? How do you apply God's wisdom when it comes to how you spend? Do you just spend because everybody is spending? Are you under pressure to buy what other people are buying when it doesn't fit into you? Are you someone that is thoughtful about how you spend? You know, very, very important. You're going to see all that in a person that is wise. Finally, Proverbs 4.7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. We must pursue wisdom Wisdom of God leads to a miraculous lifestyle. You see, when you pursue the wisdom of God, you're going to see God move in your life more than ever before. The reason why sometimes we don't see the move of God, we don't see the favor of God, we don't see the blessing of God, we don't see miracles, signs, and wonders in our life is because we are not pursuing God's wisdom. The life of someone that is not pursuing God's wisdom will be hard. I want you to seek wisdom. 